0: i uh-huh. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whatever time it is that you are listening to us, we just want to welcome you to the confessional taco where we are here both together in different places. Marco, how are you?
1: What's going on? I'm doing well. Um, yeah? Just hanging out in quarantine.
0: Hanging out in quarantine. What what does quarantine look like for you?
1: Um, it's not as different for me as it is for a lot of people. <laughs> Um, why, why not? Well, so um, for starters, um, I work from home two days, maybe three days out of the week. And so now working from home all of the time just means I'm in my office an extra two or three days. Um, so that's not as bad, um, right. but uh, it's different for my wife because my wife owns a salon and uh, well, she can't, she, she's not working right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for my son, he is, uh, he's just doing all of his schoolwork here at, here at home. So it's not, it's not like for us, it has not been that much of an adjustment. Um, Rebecca has had projects and stuff that she's been wanting to work on for a while. And for Seth, he kind of likes it. He misses his friends and he misses band practice. But what he does like about quarantine is nobody's gonna bother me. I just wanna get my work done and get it over with.
0: He's very much that type.
1: Yeah. So he's very uh he's, he doesn't have a lot of distractions.
0: Yeah. That's good. So, yeah. That's good. Hey, yeah, uh, if- I saw that um I saw that you guys were making uh some face masks. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah, or, yeah. Rebecca was making masks. Rebecca was. Uh it wasn't our idea
1: actually. One of the one of the girls on our staff, um, had read the, uh, I, I guess, the, the statement from the city of McAllen saying that they were going to require residents to um, wear masks. And so she really just kind of wanted to get the ball rolling on that, like, hey, do we have people who can sew, number one? Number two, what if we deliver these masks to families in our church and then just our neighbors? And yeah. so um, we got a couple of volunteers, and, and really it's I have not done anything except except help post, I think, a picture Um, and so, uh, Christina ran with it and, um, and so we got a couple of volunteers. My wife is one of them who are sewing masks and then a couple of volunteers, Christina's one of them, um, making weekly deliveries. And, um, and so we have everything from like adult masks to like teenager masks and then like infants. now what's been crazy though is, uh, everybody I think thought it would just be kind of a I don't know, man, like a, a good project for, for, sure. for people in our community. And overnight, we got um, over 100 requests and and they kept coming in. So uh, we actually uh, had to stop and, and, and stop taking requests so that our small group of volunteers could actually catch up and make additional so that when we reopen the requests, we have some inventory to hook families up. That's pretty, so.
0: that's pretty cool. That's one of the things that we were talking about um, in our separate episodes about the, the, I guess, the responsibility of the church during mm-hmm. this time. And I think uh, Christina at she is pursued on her Instagram. Feel free to follow her. She loves it. Yes. Um, <laughs> shout out to Christina. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I think she did a really good job uh, displaying that, showcasing that. And mm-hmm. I think that comes from um, just her... Uh, her willingness to do that. Um, I know that there, you guys were asking for volunteers, and the first thing I said was nope. Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. Like, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Yeah, so
1: that. what's what's interesting is the one area where we don't need more volunteers. Well, we do need more volunteers, but out of our entire church, it's only like five or six people that know how to sew and like sew quickly. Yeah, and yeah. so so they're doing their stuff, um, and then Christina has uh, teams who help her write. Um, I get prayer notes. And so she's just leaving, uh, some scripture and some notes when she drops off the masks. So some people are writing prayer notes and then she has a, another small team who's helping her make deliveries because, that's really um, cool. yeah, so that's super cool. But in addition to that, like we thought it was only going to be McAllen. We were getting requests from Weslico, Alton mission. And we're like, Oh yeah, we'll totally do it. Um, but we're probably going to limit it to McAllen because one, we just have so many volunteers. Right. Um, and two, it, it's
0: going to be a lot of driving. Yeah. Man, this, this Quachina virus has really changed, changed, um, I guess the way we do life. One of the things that I was talking about uh, with a friend was that after this, there is like, um, nothing will be the same. You know what, what? I forgot what podcast I was listening to. Um, but they were saying how, um, oh, it wasn't even a podcast. It was a work phone call. Yeah, it was an all staff call uh, with Idea Public Schools and Tom Torkelson, who's our CEO, said, you know, our, our parents had uh, the JFK assassination uh, we had um, you know September 11th and now our kids are having COVID-19 like
1: mm-hmm. how
0: like all these different things happen through generations and stuff and uh, how after this like the world will literally never be the same like so many things are changing to the point where like I think people are going to see um, wisdom in what they're doing as mm-hmm. far as like how work is being done uh, I know education for sure will change like I think people will um, will recognize the value of, a, of an educator. And I think at the same time, I think the educator will recognize uh, the value of the parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, I think we will recognize how to, because um, this, this is pushing us to try really hard to engage 120-something students through a screen, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, when you're live, it's super easy to do that, at least for me, like, because yeah. I'm pretty freaking amazing. Well, pushing it, pushing it, uh, but it's um, it's really difficult, like to keep students engaged um, through a screen, sure, and having them do work that's um, good work, that's right. acceptable work, you know. Like uh, I was grading yesterday, and I still need to do some grading today. Um, like, and my, my feedback was like, okay, you're better than this. And I would just send it like that. Like, like no, no more feedback than that. Like you're better than this. Or like some other one was like, did you I even try you differently? Yeah. I was like, like some of my feedback uh, was like, did you even try question mark? Right. And then some other ones, I, I wrote this one that was like, if we were together, right now and this was a paper i'd crumble it up and throw it away like, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the kind of feedback i'm giving fourth graders uh but it, but it's just trashy work and so i'm gonna you know tell them that it is um <clears throat> but it i think <laughs> fourth graders I, hey man i don't care uh they they i taught them better they should know better. isn't
1: it right now like for your students like um isn't it just pass or fail Yes. Like they're not, they're not even, I mean, Seth just learned that last week, but, uh, but it's the same thing with you. Like, yeah, they just pass or fail.
0: Yeah. It's pass or fail. That but really like, sucks. It, it does, man. Cause like all the work, all the stress, all the anxiety of both the, the teacher and the student like is just gone, you know, like it's, um, like we work so hard, you know, and, uh, and these kids worked really hard as well. And now like, it's insane to see that they, I mean, cause the parents told them, okay, what's well, pass and fail, you know, like it's a, it's, it's already known. It's a known fact. Um, and so it stinks to see them, um, give up so easily, mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm like, gosh, like I, I, Cause my, I tell them this all the time and I tell my parents this all the time. Like my goal is not to teach you a content, but to try to be a good global citizen. Like I want to teach a, I want to teach a a student to be a a kind human being, a generous human being, a a human being that thinks in, in, you know, with complex thoughts and can comprehensively figure something out as opposed to just think through content and vomit content that I teach them. Right. Like I don't want to do that. Um, Like that's not why I teach. And so it's just really discouraging to see some of these students like not care. Right. Um, and on top of that, it's even more discouraging to see some of the parents like not care Mm -hmm. because it's pass or fail. Right. Right. And so I, I I think they'll come into a realization, uh, next year where if, and when we do go back to class, like, oh my gosh, like that's why they gave them the work that they Mm -hmm. did. Um, but So it's been interesting, quarantine, um, but it is what it is. Hey, I wanted to tell you, you did a good job on your podcast by yourself. You oh, did awesome.
1: thanks, by myself.
0: Yeah, man, you did really well. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I,
1: I told you uh, the other day, I didn't, I have not listened to your podcast from, from this past week, uh-huh. but uh, the one you Dude, did two weeks ago was... The, the, uh, go ahead, sorry. The one where I told you, you sounded like Café cuba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I dug it. Thanks, man. Yeah.
0: The yeah. So I'm doing this thing where like for for the cor- the remainder of quarantine podcasting, I'm doing a, a different uh, intro for for our podcast, and it's been really fun. It's been uh, challenging and at the same time. Like it's been really. Um, just really fun to do it. Like last week's I did techno, I've never done techno, but like, or not techno, <laughs> but like electronic music. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, like I'm digging this. Like I was like having so much fun, like That's layering hilarious. stuff. I was like, yes. And then like creating the drum beats. <laughs> like, it's just, it's been really fun. Isn't um, that
1: interesting? Because, um, don't you <laughs> not like, I mean, your two big things are no to country, d- depending on the, I guess. Subgenre of country,
0: right? But let's uh, be very careful with that.
1: Yes, (laughs) but then the same thing with uh, with electronic, you've been oh, yeah, you've been very anti electronic a hundred percent since I've known you.
0: Yes, very much so, and still am. (laughs) But it's been really this is (laughs) the effects of quarantine, yeah. It drives you crazy, man. It drives you crazy, and this is why I started counseling all over again. But um, because you started doing electronic music. Because I started doing electronic music and and enjoying it a little bit. Um, but all that to say, like it's just um, it's it's been interesting. It's been fun. Like just how things have to shift. Um, while you're stuck at home, you mm-hmm. know. And so, but I want I did want to tell you, a good job on yours. That was oh, really good. Thanks. I know. Um, you know, eventually when you have the time, not like you have enough time already during quarantine, but you can maybe listen to mine. I will oh, at have- some point. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got some other
1: stuff to do. I got, like I gotta do some stuff. I got this. Play Call of Duty me. and stuff. Hey, that's
0: important. <laughs> it is important because it's time yeah. with your son.
1: Yeah, that's really the only pl- time I I I play it. I mean, I do I do have some solo time, but most of the time it's just me and Seth gunning yeah. down people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's showing such such a. I don't know, it's such dirty masculinity doing that, bro. I, I've,
1: I've had some uh, people uh, tell me before, like, hey, that is not right. Killing a fictional person on a screen is never right. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not even not joking.
0: You're not joking? Oh. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious.
1: And um, But they, they, they didn't know I played Call of Duty they were telling me about their opinion of call of duty. Oh, and, uh, no, and they were that's just hilarious. like it is never right. It is never right to take another life. And I was like, "Uh, what? Yes. You are <laughs> correct about that. Um, but we're talking about call of duty, right? And they're like, "Oh yeah. Yeah, they're you, you should never take like, a life." Like dead serious? Yeah, they're like you should never take a life. I was like, "You can't keep saying it that way. Like that's like yes, I I'm agree not I'm not taking you. a life. <laughs> <laughs> be like I I'm agree playing a with video you. game yeah exactly because it's like I agree with you but I don't agree with you because the context is not real
0: right the context graphic. is off my friend I'm sorry yeah
1: so anyway whatever
0: but hey what are so we, what are today's talk about today it's that's what I'm about to get into oh. so I thought today that we could talk about a little bit about uh machismo kind of talk about what it what it is what it looks like um and the effects of it. And then the opposite of machismo after the fact. Um, The reason why I think it'd be cool to talk about this, or not cool, but cool is not the right word. Um, Important to talk. (laughs) The reason I love talking about machismo.
1: (laughs) I love sharing the news of machismo. (laughs) Why it's (laughs) it? Machismo. Why I like it. (laughs) That's
0: so jacked, man. (laughs) What's your favorite thing about Uh, (laughs) machismo? Why I think it's so important to talk about it is because um, studies have shown that uh, at least during this time, during quarantine, like um, uh, domestic violence has gone up. And so I thought it'd be um, a good idea to talk about it and hear your thoughts on it as as a pastor, a husband, and a father. um, And then at the same time, hear my thoughts of it. As a dog daddy, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's start off with, with the definition of it. So one of the things that I saw um, online was it was expressing it as exaggerated masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe machismo?
1: <clears throat> oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, the, I don't know. I Well, I, here it is. Here, here's why, because... Because machismo is like a social cultural word. And so I think you're going to have a lot of characteristics that help sure. portray machismo. But machismo has to deal with, at the very least in the context that we're talking about, has to deal with Hispanic men who are, oh, I don't know, uh, abundantly in love with their pride. Um, and it, it comes out, um, it comes out poorly. And that's, that's a really loose, loose word. It comes out poorly. It comes out abusively. It comes out arrogantly. It comes out, um, disrespectfully. It comes out, um, in a way that communicates that they are superior, and in particular, women and children are inferior. And so yeah. it is, yeah, so it is, yeah. So it's, it's just, it is, Um, it is a really gross pride that bleeds, um, I guess, out of the heart of, of Hispanic men, can bleed out of the hearts of Hispanic men.
0: Yeah, it's something that's really, um, that, that can easily be passed down from generation to generation like um i mean you 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 see it as simple as like uh you know a son not doing the dishes like why aren't you doing the dishes oh because women do that right exactly or like why aren't you cooking oh because because women do that um you know and then the at the same time like who does the um who does the cutting of the grass well men do that because that's harder work and women can't do that right um so like uh, it, it comes out there, and so it's 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 uh, generational. That's like a like a generational curse almost. And mm-hmm. um, I know that you know I experienced it and I saw it and stuff. And um, it's really it, it, I think you're right. It's a social like status almost, like um, like you see it even like with the way they stand, like the way they posture themselves, like mm-hmm. the way they walk around. Like it's like that gym bro, like. Mm-hmm. Walking around with a big old wingspan, you know, like mm-hmm. trying to portray something that they're not, and, um, you know, and and it's it's this overconfidence in who they are, um, like I think. Uh, it could also be like a like a, an easy way to hide some insecurity. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, I know that like. I mean everybody has insecurities and so for them to be posturing up for them to be expressing this dominance like it has to be some sort of uh insecurity in there um that they don't want to address because like you said it's just pride you know um so <clears throat> excuse me so when we're talking about machismo um we We can see it in a social way in society we can see it in cultural ways and um but one of the really negative uh really uh i guess real way way that we see it is with with abuse Mm -hmm. right uh and and this is a really touchy subject and so um if you feel like you don't want to listen to the rest of it that's totally fine just a heads up uh but when we're talking about um, this idea of machismo, it comes out in like this lording over female and um, lording over like children because they're better than, um, so like abuse, like both physical uh, and emotional abuse. Like, yeah. uh, a lot of people don't don't consider emotional abuse to be a thing, and and which is ridiculous to me, but it, it is violent. Like mm-hmm. you are, you're beating down the brain, you know, like the, 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 it's like you're conditioning the person to believe someone, to believe something believe something that they're not, right. You know, like this weaker individual. Um, and so have you, uh, maybe heard of in, in, in your pastorship, like, have you had to deal with anything like that? Yeah, because I think
1: like machismo encompasses uh it, it encompasses a lot. Um it's going to encompass not just so you know how we were talking about like um an individual who or machismo is defined as as aggressive masculinity, aggressive pride um and in, in addition to that we were talking about some of the characteristics I think one of the things that, that people need to understand with, with machismo not to defend it but to define it um, is that machismo is going to have its own set of values it's going to have its own set of attitudes it's going to have its own set of beliefs and it's going to have its yeah. own set of masculinity and so um, <clears throat> and so with that being said I think you're going to see different levels of it in a variety of men based on what they think it is, based on how they grew up, based on their own personal experience, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, but yes, going back to your question in pastoral ministry, yeah, I've dealt with, um, I, I, think, I think there are many lines that flirt with machismo, um, especially in our context. Um, but I have met with many men who um are how do i say this i've met with many men who some can be domineering or have a have struggle with or have a tendency to be domineering in their language in how they approach their 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 wife or their children um and so they could be very aggressive and th- here's the thing like it doesn't always have to be physical they could be aggressive in how they address, um, their family's emotions. They can be very aggressive in how they speak to their families. Um, which could still be, uh, um, defined as, as abuse, but nevertheless, you get, again, you're seeing like these, these variable or these various facets of, of machismo. In addition to that, I've seen men flirt with machismo. And like, in other words, um, uh, a new individual who was, um, incredibly OCD. And I don't say that as someone who like, I, I don't say that to suggest he was very particular. I say that to mean this guy was literally OCD about things, uh, particular things. And so, um, in all of these, And in in all of these areas of his marriage, he would do really, really well. And then there were these like little distinct areas where his OCD was so easily or so sensitive that he wouldn't respond well. Mm. And so we would address things like that. We'd, We'd walk through it. He'd repent of them like you could see transformation. But I think sometimes in some many, some men, some of them flirt with machismo or just they responded poorly because they're broken in centers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I think we need to be able to make a distinction because machismo is a culture, right? Like Ooh, responding poorly, responding poorly or, <clears throat> um, I don't know. I guess I'll just responding poorly or having certain values might be really good, but if there is a culture of abuse and inferiority, well, that's that's something a little a little different. Sure. And so, yeah. anyway, to your question, yes, I've dealt with guys who um, can't come across as machismo in their masculinity, but then I've seen other guys who it looks like they're flirting with that line, um, but they just need correction. And when I say correction, it's one of those like it's more exhortation. Hey, man like the way you responded here wasn't good and they respond well to it and then they change it Yeah. like I would not call that machismo
0: yeah that's good that's a good answer um so do you think that like uh I like the, that idea that you said that they're flirting with it um like would you consider flirting with it like the idea of gen- specific gender roles right like um uh, how like People always say like, uh, you know, male and female are the same, but they're called to different things. Yeah. Um, I think that can be a line that's super easily skewed. Uh, I think that's a a, a view that can be very, it's a very slippery view. Um, Like, uh, at least in my household, right? Like, um, growing up, like, okay, well, the women do the dishes because that's their role. Right. Um, You know the guy cuts the grass because that's his role. Right. Um, And so, could you? Would you say that that would be flirting? Because I know that that is definitely a part of the culture of machismo, but that can also be flirting with machismo too, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think so because, um, um, like, the culture of your home is going to be. The culture of your home is um, a response to the condition in your heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so um, if I'm telling my son to do certain things because I communicate and exemplify that mom is inferior to me, then I'm training him to not only believe in machismo or to not only adopt that kind of culture... But more so than anything, the condition of my heart is not one that I want to raise my son to be a a servant, right? A servant leader. And so I think it depends on the culture of the home. However, it is the culture of the home that is going to expose the condition of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, for instance, I grew up with uh, four brothers. And my mom raised us. And my mom would tell us this all the time. And I tell this to my son. And I love telling him this my mom would say there is no maid in this house and and so i don't like when when because you've told me that and one yeah. i, I don't, you and i were raised a little differently but you also have sisters and so like oh. i i don't necessarily i never necessarily saw that distinction um like we did the dishes because mom told us to do the dishes or she'd like beat us you yep. know what I mean, and so you had boys washing the dishes, sweeping, cutting the grass, putting up decorations, all of this stuff. And then right. when we would, um, when we would be with our family in Mexico, um, my uncle uh, who worked at a slaughterhouse, right? Like we would we would slaughter pigs, and it would be my brothers and I and my cousins, and the majority of them were girls, and my uncle was firm on like, like the culture he had was, you're going to learn what work is. Like he was, he was developing a work ethic. Um, and, and that was it. Like that was the motivation, you know what I mean? So again, I think the culture of how, particularly for men, the culture of how your home is led, um, or the culture of how your 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 uh, the culture of your household is a direct reflection of the condition of your heart, mm-hmm. and so again, if if you're trying to develop and instill work ethic, I think that's going to look and and it's coming from a place of um, biblical conviction. I think that's going to look different than me um, uh, putting my wife down. And, right. uh, and 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 communicating to my son that mom's inferior because she's a woman,
0: yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, a part, a huge part of the machismo culture is this idea of abuse, right? Like I was just saying, mm-hmm. like a yeah. physical abuse, uh, but even above that, emotional abuse. And uh, one of the things that like um is really kind of scary right now is that like. Um, those uh, people that struggle with someone in their lives um, showcasing machismo are stuck at home right now, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. so, uh, we know that like a uh, child abuse is huge right now, um, and so was, I mean just domestic abuse period has right. gone up. Um, I was uh, I was doing some reading. And it says that the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which typically receives up to two thousand calls per day, counted nine hundred and fifty-one callers between ten and twenty-four. That's their age, mm-hmm. um, who mentioned COVID nineteen while reported their abuse. So like, uh, like it's almost like another like a another bullet in their gun to mm-hmm. use, you know? Mm-hmm. Like and so, um, it's uh, like. It's difficult to read and hear about those things, you know, like in one hand, you are living with uh, a domestic abuse case, like a machismo or whatever. Um, And then if you leave the home, you're dealing with the possibility of getting sick and dying. Right. Like, um, and so they're forced to stay at home with like, or they get fined, you know, like Mm -hmm. even here, like uh, if they catch you, you're getting a thousand dollar fine. (laughs) Yeah is pretty gnarly like yeah. 1984 type of stuff but um unless for, you're
1: exercising unless <laughs> which is weird but whatever. unless
0: you're working out that's right yeah uh, <laughs> but um it's like a it is i i I'm trying to place myself in the not not like a in those shoes and um I can't imagine what I would do you know in yeah. that like um idea of like uh physical abuse uh, emotional abuse especially during this time where it's already like i mean believe it or not or you know if you think you are or not like you are stroke anybody everybody struggling some way somehow some form mentally through this thing through this thing i mean we are being essentially forced to stay at home right and so um there i'm I was reading this article and it said that uh, one of the pers- one of the people that called said that uh, her abuser said that if she coughed that uh, that if she coughed she was gonna throw like he was gonna throw her out yeah like just if it was a cough or like um, you know if, if they showed some sort of um, I don't know symptom of allergies or whatever right. <laughs> that they were gonna be sent out um, and so it's um, a lot of the th- it's it's super weird because you see machismo in all so- sorts of socioeconomic like um, brackets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and whether you s- you see it heavily in the Hispanic, the Mexican American culture, which is super bizarre to me, uh, if I'm being really honest, but. Uh, like it's one of those things that, um, like, we really have to be aware of as, as uh, believers, um, and have to like, we have to try to understand how to like, like in this in this whole moment, it's super difficult, yes, but like, how are we going to come out of this better? Right. Like, how are we, um, knowing that the violence has gone up? Knowing that there are people right now dealing with uh, this this idea of machismo in their homes, these very moments, like uh, either being locked in a room or uh, emotionally abused or physically abused, whether you're ten years old or twenty four years old, whether right. uh, you're fifty something year old woman, like, um, like, do you uh, can you give us uh, a a clear picture of what? Uh, not. Mm, let me let me put this right. Can you give us a clear, or not a clear, but can you give us a better picture of what it looks like to be um, masculine and not in an ag- exaggerated way, but sure, like in a, yeah. a, a proper way, a biblical way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I like mean, give I, us well, some hope in this. <laughs> give us some hope. Yeah, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think machismo toxic toxic masculinity begins with really really poor selfish and stupid definitions of of what it means to be masculine or what it means to be a man and i think uh one of the things that makes them stupid is that their philosophy begins with the individual themselves okay and so so as a result of that if I personally am going to define what I think masculinity is, or what I think a man should be, then the problem with that is that I'm going to make all sorts of accommodations. I'm going to tailor it to how I want it to be, and then as a result, it's going to come out in how I lead my family, serve my family, and love my family, right? Uh, or whether or not I even serve them. And so... I think when we look at scripture and we look at uh, Jesus, right, we see him. One of the things he says, right, is that the son of man did not come to serve or uh, excuse me, to be served, but to serve. And so one of the first things that we see Jesus do is that he's a servant leader. Like he leads by serving. Uh, And again, a lot of these are going to be practical. And I think there's a heart part to this. Uh, So I'll get to that last. So one, we see Jesus as a servant leader. Number two, we see Jesus demonstrate compassion, right? Um, uh, t- compassion means to, to, to suffer alongside or to suffer with someone. And so uh, I think in Mark 6, when he's walking off the boat, he says, uh, Mark re- writes that the people were there and Jesus saw them and they were like sheep without a shepherd and he stayed. And so he sees a need, he feels yeah. the need, and then he, he does something about it. And so that's yeah. the ongoing part of the servant leader, but there's also compassion demonstrated there. In addition to that, and I'm jumping, making big jumps, but
0: you're good.
1: In addition to that, we see um, we see Jesus go up on the cross, and um, and and die for sinners in their place, paying their penalty. And so what that what that tells us is that. Um, Not only does Jesus enter into human history, he enters into our mess and makes it his own. He takes responsibility for our sin. And so just in those three instances, we see Jesus lead by serving. We see Jesus demonstrate compassion and mercy, and we see Jesus take ownership and responsibility for other people's mess. And, um, and if, I think if we want men to lead that way. Can I stop you there real quick?
0: Yeah. Uh, so in that third one, um, we also see a, we also see sacrifice, which is really yeah, cool. Exactly. All right, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, no, that's really good. Yeah. Like we see, um, Jesus demonstrate sacrifice and all of this we could say, like, oh yeah, Jesus is demonstrating love. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But love isn't just an emotion. <clears throat> love it. Love is going to be an action, um, based on what you think love is. Like, based mm-hmm. on what my definition of love is, is going to demonstrate how I actually uh, go about, um, I guess, demonstrating it. And yeah. we see Jesus demonstrate it by leading by serving, or we see Jesus demonstrate love by serving, demonstrating compassion and mercy, sacrificially dying to himself, literally dying to himself, and yeah. then um, taking ownership for our responsibility. And so, if we want men to be more like Jesus, I think it's going to begin first with repentance. Because, because in repentance, that's probably one of the weakest places for you to be. Because in repentance, you have not only recognized your sin, you are also taking ownership for your sin, and you're completely vulnerable. Because the only person that you're comparing yourself to is God Himself, and it's you realize the direct
0: opposite of machismo. <laughs>
1: exactly, and you're realizing you suck. And so there's yeah. there's there's vulnerability um, in 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 confession and repentance. Um, There is ownership in confession and repentance and in confession and and repentance, we realize that grace is our only hope and it has nothing to do with how much you bench, how much you make, what kind of house you got, what you even think masculinity is. Like none of those things matter in that moment of confession and repentance. Uh, All that matters is that as you gaze upon the risen Christ, you don't match up. Right. Like your righteousness is worthless. And so I think if we want men to to demonstrate what it it means to, I suppose, be a man, I think we need to look to Jesus first. And then as a result of that, man, beg the Holy Spirit to break our hearts so that we would confess and repent of our sin.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, One of the things that I see, um, which I want to kind of like... I, I don't know if exhorting is the right word or not, but kind of push, I guess, uh, is that a lot in, 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 the, in the Calvinistic theology, we see a lot of um, misrepresentation of manhood. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so um, they consider it to be biblical, um, but they forget to read the Gospels. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think that's something that we, uh, need to visit. I think, um, you know, I, I, cause I'm thinking of people that I know <laughs> yeah. personally that like, I'm just like, I don't like, how is that not machismo? <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? And so, um, I think, I think you're right. I, what you just described is the direct opposite of what, um, those that fall in the, the Calvin theology showcase or demonstrate, and, yeah. And so man, it's one many of people things that we in that need camp, to, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, to, in the yeah. camp. No, you good?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, many people in that camp like run the risk of, um, of of, I suppose leading, if you want to call it that. Um, they run the risk of, of, of leading their families poorly. Um, and sprinkle gospel like that's what but here's the thing that's what's dangerous about whether it's uh, like in particular calvinism but but uh, aside from that like what's what makes it dangerous is that you have men sprinkling gospel-centered language over how they treat their wives
0: yeah yeah
1: that that's and so that's what makes it really dangerous and, and, and including including their kids but i think I think, yeah, not only do they skip the Gospels, but I think they skip the part where where Paul says, you know, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and died for her. Yeah. Right. And so dying for her has a ton of implications in terms of. It's not just
0: physical death. Right. It's not just physical (laughs) death. That's the easy part.
1: Yeah. Because at that point, it's like, okay, now we need to talk about love because God through Paul is saying, love your wives. So does your definition with love begin with God or does it begin with your intellect? If it begins with your intellect, we're off to a wrong, the the wrong place now. Like, yeah, Yeah. we've screwed it up again because even, even as a, as a Christian male, I'm going to make all sorts of accommodations. Well, this is what I think it is. This is how I think it needs to be demonstrated. And I think uh, when it's not, that's when we become frustrated. That's when we feel misunderstood. That's when we respond poorly. That's when we lead poorly. That's when we love terribly. But if our definition of love begins with God and what He has done for us in Christ, that changes everything. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, that's good. I think. Um, yeah, and and I'm not trying to bash like the theology. Like you and I, um, you know, we're pretty comfortable with it. Um, yeah. Like, it's not. It's not going to be the hill I die on, though. You know. Like, right. So I I hope that um, if you are in that that camp that you listen to what, uh Marco just said cuz that's really good it's it's yeah cuz the what, irony who about does it start Cal- with
1: exactly the irony about calvinism or 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 like many reformed um individuals the irony is is that in light of the sovereignty of god you ought to be the most humble yes and and <laughs> yes. and that is not a title that you bestow upon yourself like, right. Right. <laughs> like if, if you believe, for instance, that Reformed theology is probably the best lens to view the Christian faith in, uh, which, which I would be like, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. One of those things, <laughs> yeah. one of those things is that you ought to be the most humbling or um, the most humble individual and the loudest evangelist. Yeah um, so I don't Stop want to talk about anything else. yeah it's like I don't want to talk about anything else other than humility <laughs> and evangelism. If we can't get past that then you're a, the problem's with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sir are the problem.
1: Yeah, you sir are the problem. Don't I don't want to talk about penal substitutionary atonement if you can't share the gospel with a stranger. Right. Go away. You know, but
0: they're already called. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: You know, so stuff, so stuff like that. Yeah. Again, yeah. It, it's going to, It when individuals, even in that camp or other camps, when they lead their families poorly, that culture, um, is a, is a, is a reflection of the condition of their hearts.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, so in this podcast, we've discussed machismo, what it looks like, what it is, um, we understand that it's a social like status. We understand that it's this cultural status. We understand that it's it has different characteristics, like from physical characteristics all the way down to mental characteristics. We understand that there's this idea that the man is better than the woman and the child. Um, we understand that uh, it's a it's, it's very um, gross way to look at um, the relationship between man and woman. Um, we also understand that it's ingrained and it's really hard to to, to rip it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but um we also understand that we can. We also talked about how during this time like we can uh see very clear representations of Machismo because of the domestic abuse that's going up. It's mm-hmm. skyrocketing right now. Like I mean you can just Google it and it's all over. Um and I mean so, in our
1: in our county alone, um It is said to have gone up by fifty five percent
0: this past Sunday. See, fifty five percent in just our county alone—that's ridiculous, you know. And um, so, if you're out there and you're struggling with this and you're hearing this, like, uh, we can help, you know. And so, know that. Um, And if you're not struggling, just understand, like, if if you're the dude that's somehow emotionally or physically abusing, like, cut it out. and or if you know someone, please let us know. We'd be happy to help as best yeah. as we can. There's hotlines you can reach out to, uh, and you can shoot us a DM, and we'll 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 do what we can. Um, and then we also saw the exact opposite of what it looks like, uh, machismo. Right? We saw um uh, yeah. true sense of masculinity and when that is. And you brought up three different things essentially that Jesus did that we should be following as men. And that yeah. number one, uh, was. Uh, number one was um, leading through service right yeah yeah number two uh, showing compassion and compassion has feet so mm-hmm. just keep mm-hmm. that in mind and lastly we understand that there is sacrifice and ownership yeah um, and so if if, if you really want to be a true husband and a true man like uh, that is your goal um, and yeah. you find that in the Gospels you find that uh, following the life of Jesus Um and so uh, I, we hope that this kind of helps you guys out, understand a little bit better uh, what it looks like to uh, experience uh, toxic masculinity. I, um, and I know that we're going to get crap for saying those terms, toxic masculinity, but Are you not it supposed to it, say that? No, well, it's uh, it's kind of like a trigger word for right wing. Um, <laughs> what? For real? Yeah. Oh. It's like, there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. Okay. Um, clearly there is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, wow, I, it's I did egg. not
1: know that. I did not know that it was triggering for some Yeah, dude. dude okay. so,
0: yeah, you might get some phone calls from some people we know. Um, I guess. Yeah, it is what it is, whatever. Um, but, I mean, you call it how you see it, you know. Uh, a duck is a duck. Um, right. Is that how the saying goes? I don't even know.
1: If it walks uh, like a duck, if it quacks go. like a duck, then it's a duck.
0: Then it's got to be I'm a I'm sure duck. there's more to it, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and so there's that but then we 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 see the the redemption of masculinity in that yeah Um, and so that's the beautiful part in this and so um, with all that being said if you guys do need help we're here so reach out to us stay safe Uh, I'm gonna tell you guys the same three things that I tell my students before uh, I dismiss them as number one stay calm number two stay positive number three practice wisdom um, and with that being said, I'm going to hand it over to Marco for our benediction.
1: Yeah, I would, man, I would, I would agree. I, uh, man, if you are in uh, a marriage or a relationship where the individual, suppose the man, if that's what you want to call him, um, <laughs> if he's, uh, man, if he's any way abusive, in particular, physically abusive, man, get out, call the authorities, uh, go to a friend's house, go to your family's house, uh, uh, yeah call the hotlines but but definitely get out of there don't don't stay in there I think a lot of people also feel a lot of women feel like they need to stay in there because for for a multitude of reasons whatever Uh, that's that's another podcast but um, yeah yeah women feel like they need to stay there and it's like no you don't man get out call the authorities Um, you can totally do that contact other organizations that help women specifically in that like I know down here we have Mujeres Mujeres Unidas Unidas. Yeah. yeah so they do a great work um But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, I, what I would say last is, is in light of all those things, right. In light of seeing Jesus serve, we see him demonstrate compassion and mercy. We see him take ownership and uh, responsibility. And then finally we see him demonstrate sacrifice. Like, I think what that means for us is that if we're going to crucify anything, we're going to crucify our pride. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and but I think that's only made possible with a heart change. And really? so, man, if you know Jesus, then crucify that pride. You know, uh, take ownership of your jazz. Um, move forward in light of who he says you are. If you don't know Jesus, um, man, you need to know that you're walking in a terrible righteousness. Um, and... Um, your philosophy, even if you wouldn't articulate it that way begins with you. And that's the problem. Um, however, right. Just like a little bit of what you said, however, Jesus offers redemption. And so in that man, you could experience a new heart and totally change everything because of, um, man, the Holy spirit doing a work in you and, in and Jesus being your savior. So
0: word. Well, yeah, man, Marco, it was good to see you, man. Yeah, dude. All right, y'all y'all stay easy, stay cool. And don't get COVID. Deuces, people.